welcome to a new weekly podcast series called USERF Spotlight, hosted by the United States Commission on International Religious Freedom, an independent federal advisory body. During each episode, Director of Outreach and Policy, Dwight Bashir, features a special guest to dive deeper on various topics and breaking developments that impact the universal right to freedom of religion or belief around the globe. Welcome to USERV Spotlight. I'm Dwight Bashir. Today we're going to talk about the Santeria community in Cuba and what some of these practitioners have been facing in the country. Santeria is a syncretic religion that incorporates elements of Catholicism into the religious practices of the Yoruba people who were brought as slaves to Cuba from the Congo Basin and West Africa in the 16th century. Now, while many Cubans can freely observe Santeria practices, some Santeria practitioners and religious leaders have experienced ongoing violations of their right to freedom of religion and belief. In recent years, religious freedom conditions in Cuba have deteriorated. Uh, The Cuban government surveils and harasses religious groups for their advocacy of religious freedom, and it continues to intimidate religious leaders and dissidents. Last year, USERF recommended that the State Department keep Cuba on its special watch list for engaging in or tolerating severe religious freedom violations, including those committed against the Santeria community. Today, we have with us USERF Supervisory Policy Analyst Kirsten Lavery to go deeper on this topic and discuss her recent report. Welcome, Kirsten. Thanks for having me. Now, can you first uh, give us a brief uh, overview of religious freedom conditions in Cuba and then uh, launch into some of the background on the Santeria community and its practice in Cuba? Sure. Um, So overall, religious freedom conditions in Cuba are poor. The Cuban government uses a system of laws and policies along with surveillance and harassment to control and suppress suppress the religious groups uh, and others for their advocacy or support of religion, religious freedom. And so typically the Cuban government will target uh, groups whose views do not align with the government's agenda. The Office of Religious Affairs, also known as the ORA, is an entity within the Cuban Communist Party that arbitrarily controls all religious activity on the island. Religious groups are required to register with the ORA and membership in an unregistered religious group is a crime. Uh, So while unregistered religious groups are particularly vulnerable, even for registered groups, the ORA tightly controls all religious activity. Permission is required, required for virtually any activity besides regular worship, anything from owning a car to renovating a building. And so in response to your second question about the Santeria, uh, as you mentioned, the Santeria developed and was practiced in secret uh, when people were brought over as slaves um, in the 16th century. Uh, At that time, Catholicism was the only religion that was permitted on the island by the Spanish colonial government. African gods were intermingled with Catholic saints, and the religion adopted some Catholic religious practices in order to be able to continue to practice their faith. Even after the abolishment of slavery, the practice of Afro-Cuban religions remained illegal. Uh, Following the 1959 revolution in Cuba, Santeria continued to be practiced on the island despite restrictions on religion. 
And so these restrictions at the time aimed to suppress all religions, uh, but the Cuban government particularly targeted Catholicism and Santeria due to their importance uh, to the Cuban identity. And so today, elements of Santeria and its African's roots really permeate Cuban culture, including by influencing Cuban art, food, music, and dance. This uh, influence of Santeria on the Cuban culture is really generally celebrated. In addition to the, its influence on uh, the culture, the religion is also very uh, important in Cuba. Uh, and while it's hard to get independent and authoritative statistics on religion, roughly 70% of Cubans' population of 11 million people observe one or more Santeria practice. Um, and so they also continue today to intermingle um, the Santeria religious practices with Catholicism. And as one example, some interpretations um, of Santeria require Catholic baptism for full initiation to the faith. Uh, many of 60% um, of uh, Cubans self-identify as Catholic, and many of these individuals incorporate Santeria into their faith as well. Well, it's quite clear from what you're saying thus far that the Santeria practices are an integral part of Cuban culture when you're saying that 70%, some 70% of the 11 million population observe some kind of uh, practices of, of Santeria. Now, are the majority of Santeria practitioners able to freely practice? And, and if so, then who among that community is uh, getting targeted? So it's difficult to assess comprehensively the religious freedom conditions of the Santeria. Um, this is because the underground nature of the faith really makes it difficult to obtain comprehensive information about the, their religious freedom conditions. Um, there's also no centralized authority for the tradition, um, and they generally operate through informal um, societies, which makes it hard to get information. Um, but all that to say, Santeria practitioners do operate within the same framework as other religions in Cuba, uh, and many Cubans are able to practice Santeria, including when mixed with Catholicism. However, some Santeria practitioners and religious leaders, especially those that are part of unregistered and independent communities, have experienced ongoing violations of religious freedom. Um, as I mentioned before, they, the same applies that um, typically those that are targeted are the groups that do not align with the Cuban uh, government's agenda. One group that is particularly targeted is the Free Yoruba Association of Cuba or the Free Yorubas. They're an independent Santeria community that was founded in 2012 by Santeria practitioners who did not agree with the Yoruba uh, Cultural Association which is a registered Santeria community that critics say um, is controlled by the Cuban state. And so the free Rubas have refused to register with the ORA, not wanting to come under the influence of the Cuban government. And so the Cuban government in turn has accused this group of destabilizing society and their refusal to register and overall independence has led to a lot of harassment. So it sounds like, um... You know, among the Santeria, what you're saying is this this group, the free Yorubas who are not registered and don't want to come under control are the ones who get the brunt uh, of the government's uh, targeting. Can you give us a, a sense of the kinds of violations uh, that this uh, subset is uh, is facing today? Yeah, sure. So we see a range of violations faced by um, these independent communities, including the free Yorubas. 
Uh, we unfortunately see a lot of harassment and detention of Santeria leaders and practitioners. This includes arbitrary detentions and beatings, destruction of ceremonial objects, police monitoring, and searches and seizures without probable cause. The Free Arubas have also reported um, surveillance by state authorities, and they've raised concern that state officials have hacked their social media accounts and used them to spread uh, smear campaigns. As one of example, um, in 2019, a Santeria follower was repeatedly harassed and pressured for refusing to enlist in the Cuban military based on his religious beliefs. In 2020, Free Yoruba members and leaders were arrested and beaten on several occasions. Um, in one case, uh, the state official stated, there's only one God, Fidel Castro, and used an obscenity about um, God and the Santeria saints uh, and deities, which kind of gets to showing the motivation of, of why they're harassing um, this group. Another issue we see is that the Cuban government is often accused of trying to co-op Santeria religious practice, and this is often met with resistance. As an example, state security will often pressure the independent Santeria um, members to join the Yoruba Cultural Association, um, which I mentioned is believed to be under the control of the state. And so this dynamic plays out every year um, over tension over the uh, letter of the year, which is an important annual prophecy in the Yoruba calendar that is issued by leaders of different branches of Santeria. And so the government-controlled Yoruba Cultural Association will issue its letter of year of the year that's backed by the government, and this will be widely shared through government media. Their letter of the year is typically disavowed by independent groups like the Free Yorubas, who say that the religious leaders who produce that letter lack the religious uh, moral authority to do so. Another critique of is that the predictions in that government-backed letter is often um, believed to be manipulated and used to push the Cuban government's agenda. Um, they'll have recommendations, for instance, that call on governments to not participate in any conspiracy. There's also uh, reports pretty much every year um, that centuries that leaders that issued their own prophecies or uh, speak out against the state one will be detained in the beginning of the year and be threatened and told to keep quiet. Another issue that we see is in regards to the regulation of meeting houses. As the century of faith developed in secret, the century of community did not build houses of worship and instead operate through private homes with altars. And so these homes operate within the broader restrictions on religious buildings in Cuba, where it is illegal to hold religious activities in buildings not dedicated for religious use. Unregistered religious groups can't apply to legalize the buildings used for religious services, and they lack penal or risk penalties for um, conjugating in unauthorized buildings. So unregistered communities like the Free Yorubas can't register their meeting houses, which makes them even more vulnerable. Um, there's also been reports that members of the Free Yorubas will be intimidated during their religious services. Uh, as an example, um, there were reports that a one city block uh, radius around a meeting house is regularly surrounded by police cars during religious services. Wow, it definitely sounds exactly what you kind of said in the broad strokes. Yeah, this systematic effort to 
to uh, surveil and co-opt and and uh, regulate the way these groups are operating. Now, how, how do these uh, kinds of uh, violations and and um, and harassment uh, stack up to what other uh, religious communities in Cuba are facing? Because obviously, as Yusuf has said, uh, the country like this should be on the special watch list for for violations, uh, but uh, how, do, how do the free Yorubas and the Santeria stack up to, to others uh, facing this as well? Yeah, so I would say in many ways, the violations that these independent Santeria communities experience are really representative of the broader religious freedom conditions in Cuba. The Cuban government really employs similar tactics against other religious communities. Um, so I mentioned at the beginning the ORA's problematic registration process um, and the targeting of unregistered religious groups, and this extends beyond the Centuria. So the registration decisions are really arbitrary and discriminatory, and at the same time, there's a lot of harassment and intimidation of religious leaders and of unregistered religious communities. And so common tactics that will be used include threats, short-term detentions and interrogations, surveillance and travel restrictions where um, people won't be able to leave Cuba. As one example, the apostolic um, movement has experienced increasing arrests, threats and fines of pastors and its uh, parishioners. So in May, several UN Special Rapporteurs, including the UN Special Rapporteur on the Freedom of Religion or Belief, issued a communication to Cuba regarding the ongoing harassment of um, Pastor Toledano, who is a, a, a leader in this um, church, noting their concern about that the, la- the group's lack of registration has really prevented it from uh, operating freely. Um, I also mentioned the case about the conscientious objector. There's broader concerns about um, this issue as well. Cuba passed a new constitution in April 2019 that makes it illegal to invoke conscientious objection to uh, mandatory military service. And so we're starting to see increasing cases um, uh, come up around this issue. For instance, in December, a, a Christian that believed carrying and using weapons went against his uh, Christian beliefs, was detained and later prosecuted for disobedience because he would not uh, enlist. Another uh, overarching issue is the um, right to establish and maintain places of worship is really severely limited in Cuba. Um, the ORA rarely grants permission for new religious buildings and seldomly approves any renovation or construction of designated religious buildings. Um, Reportedly, um, threats to demolish unregistered religious buildings have been increasing. um, And at the same time, even registered religious uh, buildings uh, are being targeted. In October um, of 2020, as an example, Cuban authorities that had permission from the ORA demolished an Assemblies of God church in Santiago de Cuba. Um, And this church was one of the few Protestant churches with legal status as it had been registered since um, the 1969 revolution. And so the other issue related to um, religious property is that many, if not most of Cubans' places of worship are their private residences. And the Cuban government really imposes a complicated and repressive requirement on private residents that 
are used as places of worship, which really limits the ability of Cubans to worship in a community. Now, finally, I always like to ask here, and we like to explore a bit in terms of uh, what the U.S. can do, because we hear about uh, all these uh, violations a uh, government like Cuba is committing against a range of communities, and particularly in this case, the Santeria. Uh, what would you say uh, are ways in which the U.S. could uh, help protect uh, some communities like the Free Yoruba and others who are targeted uh, solely because of their uh, religion or belief or their advocacy of religious freedom? Yeah, so um, with the Biden administration, uh, its policy towards Cuba, it's likely to increase engagement with Cuba moving forward. Um, and so while that happens, it's important that the U.S. government continue to pay attention to how religious communities are being treated, including um, those like the Free Yorubas, and respond strongly to uh, religious freedom violations that occur. Um, as you mentioned, USERF recommended uh, in, its, in our 2020 annual report that Cuba again be placed on the special watch list for engaging or tolerating severe religious freedom violations. And so um, the State Department first put Cuba on the special watch list in 2018, uh, and it was again put on that list uh, last year pursuant um, to USERF's recommendation. And so these designations are important because they send the message to the Cuban government that these violations of religious uh, freedom are, are not acceptable. Uh, another recommendation in our 2020 annual report um, I'd like to highlight is that uh, the U.S. government imposed targeted sanctions on Cuban governments, uh, government agencies and officials that are responsible for the severe violations of religious freedom. Um, and we specifically um, named Carida Diego, who is um, the head of the ORA. And these acid freezes and, and visa bans can really have a significant impact in, in the context of Cuba as some of the um, perpetrators uh, are known to travel to the United States. So there, there can have a very, this can affect them directly. Um, the last recommendation uh, I'd like to highlight is that uh, we've seen in recent years um, an increased targeting of independent journalists that report on religious freedom um, conditions. And so we also recommend that the U.S. government ensure that the programs it has that support independent journalists in Cuba are responsive in aiding journalists uh, who are facing this increased harassment as a result of the reporting on religious freedom conditions. And this is just really important um, to make sure that we're able to get information regarding the ongoing violations uh, and that journalists can continue their work. Well, we'll have to leave it right here, but uh, I want to thank uh, USERF Supervisory Policy Analyst uh, Kirsten Lavery for her insights today. Very interesting uh, about a community many are not familiar with and also some of uh, USERF's recommendation for U.S. policy. But as always, you can go to our website at usurf.gov, U-S-C-I-R-F.gov, to now see her uh, new report uh, just released uh, on the Santeria community. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Usurf Spotlight. To learn more about Usurf and about global religious freedom concerns, visit usurf.gov. That's U-S-C-I-R-F dot gov. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at 
U-S-C-I-R-F. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week for another USERF Spotlight.